Life and Jiu-Jitsu is the official podcast of East SAC BJJ. Whether you're an expert-level practitioner or just getting started, there's a place for everyone at East SAC BJJ. Adult and children's classes are only $75 a month, and we offer a beginner-friendly environment where everyone feels welcome to come and find a stronger version of themselves. More information at eastsacbjj.com. I'll see you there. Hi, it's your host Jabron here with a call to action. I'm hoping you can help me get the word out about life and jujitsu. I feel like right now it's thought of as only a local podcast for the Sacramento region, but in reality, the stories and lessons shared here are applicable to the worldwide BJJ community. Help me take life in jujitsu to the next level by sharing it with a friend, posting it on a message board, or reviewing us five stars in iTunes. Every little bit helps. Thanks again. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, here we go. It's another episode of Life and Jiu-Jitsu. Um, this is uh, your host, Gibran Maciel. I'm here with Dr. Kickass Mike Pekarski. How you doing, brother? Thanks so much for coming on. How's it going? Glad to be here. Hey, you know, I'm doing good. I've It's been like five weeks since I've done one of these. Um, you know, I do another like a political-based type of podcast, which is actually um, – no, it's not. It's not more of a passion for me at all. Actually, I like jujitsu more. Um, I have a co-host, and he kind of keeps me like on track with this. But the this is actually more of a passion for me. So uh, it's it, it's unfortunate that I, that I took so much time off. But I've got some. I think some good episodes scheduled for for folks uh, coming up here. So uh, bear with me. We're going to try and sort of resume some regularity to it. This is definitely the podcast that gets more engagement, and I think is more meaningful to people. There's no shortage of people trying to get into the party on politics. But there's not a lot of people that can talk about martial arts in a meaningful way. So I should, I really should be doing this more. Um, Mike, I, I was interested in you because you just kind of showed up at Alpha Male one day and started kicking ass. <laughs> <laughs> you just came out of nowhere. So I, did you say you were from Nashville? No. So where do you want me to begin? Like, yeah. What brought you out here? Okay. So the last four years I was in LA, uh, finished physical therapy school, um, was working in LA for the last four years. Uh, my fiance got into uh, vet school at Davis. Um, she was looking at all sorts of schools around the country. Um, Davis was the best, so we couldn't turn it down. Moved down to Sacramento. And then, um, yeah, I was just looking at places to train. And uh, I kind of figured I was going to want to train um, at the gym, but um, I reached out to one of my friends who had used to train with Chris Holdsworth, this guy Chris Bonilla. And he saw that I was moving out to Sacramento. He was like, oh, you should hit up my buddy Chris Holdsworth. I messaged him, and he told me to come on down. So... Um, I like the vibe really, you know, it was a very good vibe and that's where I've been since. How'd you get started in, uh, how'd you get started in, in martial arts? So I was always like a small, hey, can I get you to bring this a little bit closer to your face like this? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. And you can, you can actually bend this arm down a little bit more. Yeah. If you, if you want to. Yeah. Just whatever works for you. So I was a, a small kid. Um, I always, <coughs> I always wanted to get into martial arts. Um, yeah. Tried karate, stick with it for like three months. Couldn't get over. You know, I'm not really an athletic kid. Or I wasn't an athletic kid, and um, I, I started traditional jujitsu when I was in high school. I was in for three months. Uh, I started dislocating my knee, so I have a, a, a thing called a subluxing patella, or I did. So my kneecap would slide out of place. It Dude, I used to have that. Yeah. Do you get the surgery or no? No, no. I've avoided surgery at like yeah. every turn possible. You should. Um, so anyway, it kept sliding out. 
I tried PT, didn't work, but I was also like a 15 year old kid. So like I didn't take it too seriously. Yeah. Um, which same, well, okay. same. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're like, okay, well their next step is surgery. So they do this thing called a lateral release, which they don't really do anymore because the outcomes yeah. are pretty poor. But essentially what they do is they cut the renaculum around the uh, patella. So essentially the patella is your kneecap. Um, there's these structures that will pull, start pulling it the way it's not supposed to go. I unfortunately am genetically predisposed to dislocation just, yeah. just because um, I have a, a shallow trochlear groove. Anyway, so they do surgery, had to stop everything. Um, I still have this pretty significant quad weakness compared to it. but And what size, what size is it on? Uh, left. Okay, yeah. Okay. Dude, we're brothers with that. <laughs> um, so can, anyway, can you run? I can run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do everything. I'm just okay. – my leg's weak. Um, so anyway, fast forward. I, I, I get into college. I was like, okay, my knee's better. I want to start doing some kind of martial art. I look up like the clubs that they do. I'm like, there was Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I'm like, well, that's probably close to Japanese jiu-jitsu. And I, I took a class and I was like, everything I learned before Brazilian jiu-jitsu just was out, crap. out the door. I remember I kept trying to do hip throws and I would like do my block and I would step out and then I got guilty. I think I got guilty <laughs> like 12 times in like a five minute round. I'm like, I'm actually learning something here. Yeah. So, and then, uh, and then that's how I started. I was, I was like, I play around in like a college club and then I, when I graduated, I found, well, on my summer break, I found a place that was close to where I was uh, living at the time. And then I was like, once I graduated, I was like, this is all I want to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, you know, this thing, the mics are actually right in front of your face. Maybe you can like scoot in, like kind of like almost like face me a little bit, and then it'll just kind of capture the side of you. Yeah, right here. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. Um, you know what's, what's interesting? I'm actually teaching a college club right now. Oh really? Yeah, I'm the instructor for the Sac State MMA club. Uh -huh, no way. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a really good funnel for uh, for ESAC BJJ. Yeah. Because people cool. people get stoked and they're like, yeah, "Where yeah. can I learn?" You know, and uh, you know, I try not to take a shit on the club environment, yeah. but. Like I, I do tell everybody, it's like, you know, this is a good entry point to figure out if you like this or not. Of course, yeah. Like, you know, everybody, I, I feel like everybody wants to gratuitously, like when people visualize a martial arts journey, they visualize themselves like kind of gratuitously beating someone's ass. Of course, yeah. But very few people want to actually be in a fight. <laughs> like very few people want to, like once the guy starts fighting back and they're confident, yeah. like, ah, maybe maybe this is not so much for me. So yeah. it's, a good, it's a good entry point to see if you like, like being in a fight. Yeah. But if you... If you really do like it, maybe it's a good um, idea to find like a dojo or a good idea to find an academy because, you know, like at the at the Sac State setting, the sparring rules are like really restrictive. Of course. Like, and if anybody gets hurt, it's like then we're going to have a supervisor in the, oh, next, yeah. uh, the next setting, you know, yeah. and then like concussion protocol and all the, yeah. you know. And then also um, students are busy. So you don't have that like rapport that comes with the same people being in class every mm -hmm. time. We have something like 120 people who signed up for the MMA club, but like four people yeah. a night. And there's always four different people, so of we course. always have to start, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, it, you know, with that being said, it's been a, a really wonderful opportunity for me to like, the same way, discover if I like teaching. Yeah. I did. I do like teaching. I, I like really enjoy minding the development of like other people. Mm-hmm. And then saying like, hey, you know, if this is for you, maybe, maybe you know, whether it be me or yeah. or Alpha Male or Yamasa is just down yeah. the street, but go find somewhere to do more than just dip your toe, you yeah, know. Of course, yeah. And uh, what do you know? Every semester, I've gotten three. I've gotten like three people to sign up yeah. from. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of you know, Isak BJJ is kind of like. At one point, I was worried it was going to die, but now it seems like it's like 
like for sure it's like alive you know i feel like everything like that it's slow 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 you build enough interest and then it like i've seen martial arts schools where it's a slow thing where you kind of and then it's it, it just you start to get you know I don't, I don't know what the number is maybe it's 50 maybe it's 100 and then it just starts to like really take yeah, off right? exactly yeah. yeah well well you know what's funny is there's um there's no shortage of people like in the pipeline mm-hmm. and by that i mean like i have like an online form mm-hmm. it's like hey uh you can sign the waiver online on the website so that you don't have to um like come in and like dick around with the waiver you can just you know let me know if you need to borrow a gi i'll save one for you and i've must have had something like a hundred people sign the form and like maybe 10 come in <laughs> but you know but they automatically get added to my to my mailchimp yeah and i see them open the emails so i know they're thinking about it yeah you know so those people are in the pipeline and today uh before you came over we were over at uh we we're over at lowbrow and uh this guy pulls me over he's like hey um i've been actually meaning to go to your school Oh, that's I've been meaning to go to school. I was like, you know, come on in when it's yeah. right for you. Come on yeah. in when it's right for you. And his man, his wife, man, uh, his wife was like, well, he needs to do something because he's getting fat. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there is that, like, there's a constituency of people out there for whom it's in the back of their mind. Mm-hmm. And then when it does percolate, like, it kind of hits at yeah. random times, right? Um, so how's Sacramento treating you? So far, I like Sacramento a lot. Yeah. It's a... Uh... It, it, it was actually funny. Like once, like April hits and like the weather started getting really nice, I was like, "I'm really starting to like Sacramento." <coughs> um, definitely a different vibe, but uh, like when I'm not doing physical therapy related stuff or I'm not doing jujitsu related stuff, I like going, I like hiking and exploring. And like that's one cool thing about Sacramento because you have Tahoe, you got some um, some really cool hikes if you go west, like between us and uh, San Francisco. You know, you got Napa that's like northwest. So there's some definitely some cool stuff to check out. You're from uh, you're from Nashville. No, no. So originally, why do I keep thinking you're from Nashville? Originally, I've, from, I've hit you with that like four times already. So <laughs> originally, I was upstate New York. I did PT school in Long Island, New York. Then I moved to LA. Oh, okay, okay, cool. So maybe cool. it was like the Long Island thing that sounds like like Nashville. Yeah. I guess, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, I got beat up in New Jersey pretty bad. How about oh. that? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, Sacramento's lovely. LA, this is a little bit different. You do get like meaningful changing of the seasons up here. Yeah. Which is, which is, I think, pretty cool. Like, I'm from San Diego. And, you know, to me, it, growing up in San Diego, fall was this like, it was just like when Starbucks changed their menu. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was like yeah. this abstraction, but it wasn't a thing that we actually had. It was, yeah. it was just always 75 at the yeah. beach. And, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like when it came up here, I was like, oh, holy shit, this is. Like there's like fog in the mornings, you know, it's like, it's like a really cool, like, like meaningful, like changing of the seasons that I actually yeah. kind of really enjoyed, you know? Um, well, good. I'm, I'm, y- y- have you been out on the river? I have, well, I've been, I've run along the river, but I've never been on the river. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dude. So you got to come out with us. You got to come out with us on our boat. Okay. Dude. River culture is great. We got a boat last year. Yeah. River culture is its own thing, man. I would expect <laughs> like Haley wanted a boat. So we got a boat, yeah. but um, I thought there was going to be like a lot of like, really bougie like yeah. landed people yeah. kind of like upper middle class people yeah. there are all there's as much diversity out on the river <laughs> it, it's its own scene man it's wild there's people like it's it's just a really cool it's a really cool scene um okay your your fiance um yes. I, i've met her she's a blue belt yes i don't know her name um you guys trained together. did you get her into it 
Well, okay, so we met because um, you didn't meet her at the gym, did you? No, 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 no. She, she, she was actually so when I was living upstate New York, she was going to college out there. She was looking for a ride, and I, and I lived really close. So she's like, look, you know, she contacted the instructor and was like, I don't have a car. Is there any way I can get to training? She's like, well, this guy, he lives close. He might be able to give you a ride. So I started giving her a ride to jiu-jitsu, um, and then the rest was history. Yeah, and that was a good audience. Yeah. <laughs> How long of a car ride? Uh, maybe 20, 25, 30 minutes. But like, oh, good. That's just, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. just long enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's funny. I um, <laughs> uh, during February. Yeah. I was doing this thing for my students. It was like, bring in your significant other, no charge. Yeah, yeah. And what do you know? Miguel, Miguel, respect, man. We hope you get better soon. And uh, we're waiting for you to come back. He had to take some time off for medical stuff, but he'll be back. Um, he brought in his, um, my, I think I have permission to tell the story. I think I have permission to tell the story. But he brought in his, uh, he brought in his wife. And while she was signing the waiver in the back, I was like, how'd you two lovebirds meet? And she says, well, Miguel was my uh, cable guy. <laughs> she says, well, Miguel's my cable guy. And uh, after he uh, installed the cable, he just kind of looked around and said, do you want to watch a show? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, what do you know? I did. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to watch a show. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah. So did did like your um, did your martial arts journey kind of inspire you to do like physical therapy or? Yes. So yeah. um, Graduated college, I was like, okay, I just want to do jiu-jitsu. Like, I didn't even want to fight. I just wanted to do jiu-jitsu. And then um, I was training a lot. And my, my coach at the time, he was like, would, he was just starting to do uh, MMA. And, and in New York, until, I don't know, maybe two years ago, like, it was illegal. illegal. Yeah. So, and there, you know, so New Jersey was where most people went. They didn't have amateur at the time. So if he wanted to fight, he had to go pro. So he was like a purple belt at the time. But this was like 2006. So like a purple belt was like a god. Yeah. Um, and he was like, so he started training. He, I was just happy to be one of his training partners, you know, because I was one of the guys who would always show up. And I didn't care if he punched me in the face. And then uh, at once in a while, he's like, would you want to fight? And he was like something that like me, I'm, I'm not an athletic kid. I was never thought that I could fight. I'm like, maybe I could do this. And then I trained for a fight. I lost because I was like a blue belt at the time with no striking, no wrestling. But I was like, this is great. I want to do this. And then um, I ended up quitting my job at the time, started. Oh, you went in deep. Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I was like teaching like a little bit at the gym. Like I had no money. I, I started taking some amateur fights. You know, uh, I started getting ready for a pro fight. And, you know, like during my pro fight, though, like while I was training for it, I realized like this is not going to be a good long-term career option. Um, yeah. You know, I'm like, you know, I was I was fighting for like 300 to show, 300 to win or something. It was like terrible. And, you know, I was like, you know, I should have some kind of backup plan. So I started thinking, I was like, well, what do I want to do with my career? You know, so I started looking at personal training. So I'm like, okay, well, if I'm a personal trainer, maybe then I can balance it and I can still train jiu-jitsu because – most jobs, if you do a nine to five, me, yeah, you can train in the after, you know, train at night, but it was hard. So I, I looked at personal training and I was like, well, at the time I didn't have the personality to be good at, because essentially if you're a personal trainer, you're a salesman. Yeah. And I was like a quiet. You have to fill up the, the hours, right? You have to sell the hours. Yeah. And I was, I'm an introvert naturally. So like that was pretty tough. And then I go, um, so then I'm like, okay, well, what, what about physical therapy? You know, 
And I look in, and, and I didn't realize that you needed a degree to be a physical therapy assistant. So I started applying to jobs, and someone's like, "You don't have a. You need to be licensed to do this." I'm like, oh, oh my okay. god! Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, then, so then, like, I uh, <coughs> I look into it. I'm like, "Oh, maybe this is something I'd be interested in." So I, I go and like I observe. So to to apply to physical therapy assistant school, you have to observe for like 15 hours. So I go to this this place, and I'm I'm watching. And, I'll get into it later, but I remember like looking, I'm like, I think I could do this right now. And I was like, maybe I'll do this. And then, so then the woman starts talking to me and she's like, well, if you ever have your bachelor's degree, like, why don't you go be a physical therapist? Because a, a PTA degree is an associate's. But at that time they just transferred. So if you're going to do physical therapy, it's a doctorate degree. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa I don't want to do three years. I kind of want to do all that. Yeah. Well, three years of school, a lot of debt. I was like, I don't want to do this. And then they're like, well, you should really look into it. And I was like, well, maybe if I could do like, I start out with a PTA and then jump to a PT. And they're like, There's, that doesn't exist because it's such a big thing. So I'm like, all right. So then I was like, uh, I look into it. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll give it a shot. So I, I didn't really have a backup plan at this point. Like, it's kind of funny because P, uh, physical therapy school is really competitive, and I didn't realize. I just like, I went in. I'm like, I'm going to apply. I'm going to see what's going to happen. Um, I got in, and um, I was like, okay, you know, I, I so I just finished my fight. I broke my nose in the fight, which I, I didn't even mind, you know. But then I, I started getting really frustrated with with fighting because so I was getting ready for my second fight, and um, the it, it, for people who are, know MMA, they know that like a lot of the promoters are not the most uh, credible people. Yeah, so the, the guy was trying to get licensed in the state, which I believe was New Jersey at the time. He didn't get his license, so eight days before the fight, um, like the whole thing fell through. And you know, so originally I fought for three hundred to show, three hundred to win. This one would have been five hundred to show, five hundred to win. I already had my medical, so I'm like, okay, well, at the time, if you don't really have a job, like. You might a thousand as well. bucks, is, yeah. And I, I think the guy like was, and that's still money for one night of work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and the guy, I think like he wasn't. I think he was just like a good athlete. Like he was known because he had like a really good deadlift for his size. So I'm like, I think this actually will be one of my easier fights. Anyway, the fight goes through. I'm like, I can't do this because I mean, even if you do one night, you know one night you make a thousand bucks. Like it's not really good, you know. So then I started going to you know, and I thought maybe I could keep competing while I was in sorry about that no problem boom and we are back and I can see the audio is coming back a little bit stronger here on this little mic right here uh, so I'm glad I did that thanks for thanks no for bearing with me yeah so you were just talking about um, balancing school school yeah. with uh, school with with mixing with martial yeah. arts training and you, you know it's so funny that you, I remember Chris cope who he was a UFC veteran and uh, he was like going to San Diego State at one point, yeah. um, coming in at like six a.m. class, then getting dressed for school. He'd do like school till two, then he would like go work till nine, and then like go and like hit a workout in the evening, and then try and, and then try. Rough. You know, and it's just like it's just not sustainable, yeah. right? And then all that you go, you go and like you take your fight, and it's like, well, the other guy doesn't have any sort of other of commitments, you know. Yeah. Um, so you just put it down while you just put martial arts down for a little while well, while, you, while you're at school, or what'd you do? I didn't not train. I just wasn't able to train enough to fight. Like if you're going to fight, like it's either you're all in or all out. Because if you go in like 50% and then you go no fight and get your face broken, you can't be like, well, I know I could have trained harder, right? You know? So yeah. and I was like, well, I know that physical therapy was going to be my long-term career. That was what was going to like, what I wanted to do. So I was like, well, I kind of have to focus on this. So a lot of that was actually balancing my studying just so I could go to jujitsu. Like, so, and I, I had friends in PT school, but like, I wasn't really like 
a lot of other my classmates were a lot closer. My free time, my social time, I went to jujitsu. So like a lot of my close friends now are people I met at jujitsu in Long Island. Um, and like, to me, that was more important. Like, so on the weekends, like I'm studying because during the week I was training, you know? Yeah. 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 So, but it just wasn't enough to fight, but I, I was still able to train a adequate amount. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. My, my student, Calvin, uh, Calvin, Calvin, this one's for you, dude. Um, he was like, so why didn't you, why didn't you become an MMA fighter? And I was like, well, you know, I had a fight. I won. Um, I didn't take any damage, but a, a, a head kick did whiz by my face and chip off a little piece of my tooth. <laughs> and, you know, that was kind of, that was a kind of a good reality yeah. check. And then I looked around the gym and I saw a lot of people training full time and I didn't see as many people with like financial success coming out of it. And then years later, in a sparring session, I took one really good blow to my left ear and now I have vertigo for good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like for life. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like when I move to my, when I move to my left, um, I just, I get dizzy, hmm. you know? Did you ever get that checked out? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'd like your, your thoughts yeah. on it. Um, but you know, and then I started becoming more and more about CTE yeah. and like all the, all the effects of CTE on, on folks. Yeah. I started seeing it in some of my, you know, I'm yeah. not going to name any names, yeah. but I started seeing some of my colleagues yeah. and he's like, well, great. Why didn't you ever take a, why didn't you ever do more fighting? Yeah. I was like, dude, are you not listening to this story? <laughs> are you not listening to the story I'm telling you? How old is the guy? 20. That's why. Yeah. 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 He's like, well, why didn't, I was like, well, that's why. But yeah. okay, here we go. From, uh, from my student, Logan, uh, Logan, you're a phenomenal student. Uh, so my question, my question was about elbow knee braces for use in BJJ. Are these useful for injury for injury prevention, therapeutic? My immediate thought is that don't they wear away at the like tissue around? Um, Sorry, I, I hear I am mansplaining to you, but well, so I, I don't really know what <coughs> what your goal is. So if like you have an elbow pad, it's not going to resist anything. Like if if someone puts you an armbar, it's not going to absorb any of the the, the tension so you know i could maybe see a knee pad only for if like you're like a jiu-jitsu your knees are on the ground my instructor he loves knee pads for that reason i don't think it really makes that big of a difference because i don't think it's really absorbing too much of the stress on the kneecap i think you put your weight on your knee and it's going to go with it's going to go on a surface either way right yeah so i so i don't think it really does much um some people like it because it gives you a psychological benefit some people they feel like it warms up their knee so their knees more mobile so uh one of the things i feel like if you do jiu-jitsu you should be able to sit on your butt like you should be able to kneel and sit on your butt and if you can't you should address that dude like so, i got a guy that can't do that yeah i mean i just feel like like sit on your knees and have your butt on your yeah on on the exactly. ground or on your feet like they sh you should be able to like sit on your butt while you're kneeling. Like, yeah, he can't do that. Yeah, I mean the, the thing I'm always worried about is like, <coughs> what if you get swept and you can't go? Like, what's going to happen? You know. So I don't know. I mean, so I don't think it's that big of a deal um, to train with a with a with a knee sleeve or a brace. I think it's maybe a little bit different if you're wrestling and you're doing penetration steps, just because like. You know, but like those pads, like I think you should be training with more like volleyball knee pads, like something which actually can absorb the stress of like continually doing penetration step. But just for, it's also for rolling. Like when someone does a leg entanglement, like sometimes it gets annoying because it actually makes your knee more exposed because you can't get your knee out. Um, so if you like it, keep doing it. If, you know, you never thought about it, don't worry about it. So like if you're in some sort of like crazy like reap or saddle or honey hole type of situation, 
there might just be like more of a bulb around your exactly yeah around that around that joint where it's like oh shit like i I might have been able to get just my knee out, but all this stuff, it's like there's Correct. more friction. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, here we go. Actually, th- talk to me about vertigo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> talk- uh, well, with your case, I mean, <coughs> did you ever get checked? Like, what do they think it was? Yeah, they um, they said it. They said uh, they moved my head around. Yeah. And she said, "Oh, I see your eyes moving." Yeah. She's she said you have uh, uh, B but Bene- benign positional, positional vertigo. Yes. Did they do the spin? Yeah. And. I was spinning, man. I was fucking spinning. But did it go away afterwards? Oh, um, yes. For, for like a couple days and then it comes back. So usually what I do, so one of my rotations when I was uh, in PT school was I was actually in a vestibular yeah. physiotherapist. What, but just yeah, yeah. Not, not to cut you off. Yeah. The spin sucks. I know it does. It's not like it's, oh, it sucks. It yeah. So that's why I don't do like they, yeah, yeah. they showed me the Epley maneuver for yeah. home and I'm like yeah. really reluctant to do it because it's yeah. like a car accident or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yes, it, it sucks because no one likes spinning. You feel like you're going to fall. Yeah. But if it's done correctly, so usually what I'll do is you figure out which canal. So essentially what benign positional paradoxal vertigo is, there's these little crystals that float around with your inner ear. There's six canals. There's the anterior, posterior, and horizontal. You figure out which canal you think that little crystals floating around. Essentially, you can do this little spin maneuver because it's based on where your head is in space. You essentially, you take like an hourglass. You take the glass and you flip it over and all the sand comes out. Essentially, that's what you're doing. You, you, you got to do it four times to kind of get all the sand in the compartment where it's supposed to go. Um, usually when I do it is I do like a few. So you don't just do it once and be like, see you later. Like, that's it. Like, usually I'll keep going until they don't have symptoms anymore. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. sometimes like they might have like some slight reduction in, or, you know, they might have a reduction and then I see them in a week and I do it again. So... <coughs> Is it, is it worth doing if I'm not having symptoms? No. It should be something like if you get the symptoms, you do it. You kind of like rest for the rest of the day. Like you don't do anything crazy. You don't do big head motion. Let those crystals settle down where they're going. And if it needs to, you can do it. So only a few like episodes should you be doing it. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. So what's, what really like kind of puzzles me about the whole thing is that um, for some reason – it'll feel different, different times. Hmm. Interesting. So, um, when I first started getting it, uh, I can, I can, there was one sparring session where I just took like a, a real meaningful yeah, blow yeah. right to, right behind my ear. Yeah. And that was it. But when I first started getting it, it was like, if I look up, I would just yeah, spin yeah. a little bit. And then other times that I get it, it's more of like a continual kind of like, almost like I feel drunk. And how long does that last? A couple days sometimes, and then it'll like randomly go away. So you could have like yours might be complicated because you could have some signs of benign positional paradoxal vertigo, but you also could have some kind of vestibular dysfunction or concussion based vertigo that's on top of that. Oh, uh, because it, those should be two different things. Like if it's BPPV, it should last like less like, than a minute. Yeah, like just a few seconds yes. usually. Yeah. yeah, but then there's there's other times where it's yeah. just like, fuck, like I'm yeah. I'm like not doing good for the whole day. Yeah, I mean, that could have just been like a side effect of a concussion. Um, so yours might be a little bit more complicated. So years ago, not years ago, last year, yeah. I had a sinus infection, which I must be prone to because I'm mm. dealing with it one now. And um, I thought I was going – it like made my vertigo really bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just like floating like in my head mm-hmm. like – uh, disoriented, dizzy, the vertigo was like on fire. Everything was like as bad as it could be. 
and uh, I had like a regular heart rhythm. Oh wow! And I was like, I think I have a fucking brain tumor. Like, right. What else could this be? This, like, I like I'm I feel crazy. Yeah. I feel crazy right now. And uh, my wife, my wife was like, "Well, let's just go to." The, she's like, "I know you don't have a brain tumor, but let's go to the let's go to the emergency room if it makes yeah, you feel yeah. better." And so they put me in a in a CT scan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Well, you don't have a brain tumor, but you have a sinus infection, <laughs> and it's making your it's making your it's making your vertigo worse." But uh, and then someone that I'm like someone that I know just recently had a brain tumor. Oh wow! And now I'm thinking like, now I get paranoid. Now I get paranoid. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then I had someone say. Oh well, shit! I get vertigo too, and you know we had to check me out to make sure I didn't have a brain tumor because yeah. I'm I'm having these symptoms. So yeah. you know it's like kind of like the hypochondriac in me, of kind of makes sense. Like because you know like anything in your head, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then I had friends say like, well, why don't you just go get surgery for it? And I was like, well, because it's surgery on your fucking head. Yeah. Like I don't want them to cut my head open. Of course, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I'll, do you have any thoughts on that or? Well, surgery for the sinus infection or for like the potential for, tumor for no for the for the vertigo, which they, they they can't do surgery for that. They can't do like a thing where they like fuck with your ear canal. No, I don't think so. Not well. Uh-uh. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, like the Epley, like that's kind of the like gold standard of what they do. Gotcha. For the BPPV, like for whatever else is going on, that could be something different. Okay. okay. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to get like you know any kind of brain surgery unless it's like really serious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, same thing for like my patellar tendon. Yeah. Um, I have these like kind of, kind of what you had yeah. always like some weakness in the, in the top of that tendon. Yeah. Um, it would slide out of place. Yeah, yeah. It would slide to the inside for me. Oh really? That's yeah. really rare. It usually slides to the outside. Yeah. It would slide kind of like, yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah. And, um, what else? I like over time I developed tendonitis and like, yeah. so I really can't, like I can't meaningfully run. I can like run really? for like maybe I could go and like grunt out like a 5k. <laughs> But then I wouldn't be able to run. I wouldn't be able to like. I wouldn't be right for like two yeah, or three weeks, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's really fucked up, like my long-term cardiovascular output. Yeah, yeah. And I've kind of gotten bigger steadily over time yeah, because yeah. I can't really run like like I used to. But uh, again, I've had people say, "Well, why don't you just go get surgery on it?" Yeah, but surgery if it's like what, like to what? Yeah, but if it's tendonitis, that so usually. Okay, this is a treatment thing. If people are interested in, in treatment, when there's so there's two things. A tendon, ten, uh, it's it's more like going to be a tendinopathy, meaning there's some kind of degeneration of the tendon. There's acute and there's chronic. So let's say someone has some kind of irritation of the tendon because they do something that their whatever load they put in through the tendon it was surpassed the capacity. All right, so it's irritated. Usually that responds to like icing to resting and any anti-inflammatories to kind of like let things calm down but when you and this is very common in a lot of jujitsu guys uh most people because jujitsu is so fun they just keep training over and over again like i got this thing they've had for like three years but i didn't want to stop training like well yeah now it, it changed from an itis to anosis meaning like that acute inflammation is gone and anosis is what i have yeah. yeah so now it's more of a degeneration of the tendon so like you resting will do it <laughs> at this point you really need to be just doing like load through the tendon like you just need to keep strengthening the tendon and, and I, I find a lot of um grapplers especially when they hit around 30 this is kind of where i hit it when, when i got to 30 is people Primarily, are like, okay, well, jiu-jitsu is fun. I'm just going to keep doing jiu-jitsu. And, you know, you're doing jiu-jitsu five days a week, but they're not doing any kind of strength work or mobility work to address all of the accumulated stress right. from jiu-jitsu. Or to address, like, the deficits that they brought into their training, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, for you, I would just, if that's what it is, which 
I always, when people ask me for advice, I need to confirm it because let's say I give you advice for something that's, they, you know, 80% of the chance it's an itis, but let's say it's not, right? It's something else. So okay, you, yeah. I'm, I try to be professionally very, very thorough. Like, is this what I think it is? I want to make sure it's not something from your back, not something from, you know, somewhere else. Or misalignment somewhere else. Something else. So exactly. you, have, you have a series of tests that you can of perform course. to like actually confirm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But assuming it was, uh, if it was an osis, I would be giving you just very heavy loading to the tendon or heavy isn't appropriate. Meaning when, when people have tendonitis, you're going to do stuff to create slight irritation. But if it goes away within the next day, we're good. And that's how we start to strengthen the tendon. Okay. Yeah. Um, so like uh, bread and butter here, like squats, Could deadlifts. Squats. Um, well, for the patella, I would probably be doing it depends how irritable it is. Like you could start with a leg press, then you could go to squats. You could have your heel elevated because when your heels are elevated, then it puts more load on the quad versus mixing between the quad and the glute. Um, you could do lunges. You could do single leg lunges, that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. So like I know like for me, I can get away with uh, squats and I'm trying to like build up my squat. Yeah. Um, shit, before I go on to my next question, yeah. actually, this is, this is like a treasure trove of That's information cool. here. This yeah. is actually cool. But um. I can get away with squats, no problem. What what my uh, what my physical uh, therapist said to me yeah. was, "You got to man." I had these little chicken legs, and I still I still do, yeah. but they're gradually getting stronger. He said, yeah. "He said, don't let your knee go further than your toes yeah. in the squat." Is that right? Sort of. So there's like a lot of uh, things in physical therapy that people say that they just keep saying and they don't know. So. The, when your knee goes over your toe, it puts more stress on the front of your knee. So if let's say you have like some kind of ACL surgery, you have some kind of patella irritation, so it's already irritated. And then you do these things and now it hurts and you keep doing it. Well, yeah, it's going to keep hurting. Okay. So if you sit back, it, it makes it's more of like a hip dominant squat pattern. So it lets you use the glutes more so the quad doesn't get as stressed and allows you squat no problem. Theoretically, though, everybody should be able to squat with their knees over their toes. That should, shouldn't be a problem. A absent an injury. Or of course. Okay. Like for me, I say that I can't do that because I have a knee injury. But people should be able to do it. If you ever watch like very high level Olympic lifts, like people doing crazy amount of weight, their knees are very far over their toes. Way over. Yeah. Is, is, that how you, is, that how you would, um, is that how you would actually squat to get the most power out of your legs is with your knees over your toes? Uh, it depends. Well, that's more because of like Olympic lifts. Like if you're doing any kind of overhead lift, like if – You just like, have to get everything – Yeah. Like, I mean like so if you do like a back squat, you can kind of sit back because you essentially have to keep the bar kind of in line with your foot. But when you have a bar overhead, you have to be more upright so you can't get away with that. So your knee has to go over. Gotcha. 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 Okay. Um I am going through like a strength. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I'm going good. through like a strength phase right now. Yeah. Um, my wife was like, "You should get a weight belt," and I said, "That's just a waist trainer for men." <laughs> uh, what, what, what do you think? Do you have back pain? No, then you no. know, no more than anybody else who does no. jujitsu five times a week. If like you had, a, if you were a weightlifter and you had a back injury, and you want to keep lifting, the weight belt can help that. Okay, but I wouldn't go out of it because essentially what you're doing is the weight belt assists with gives you extra support but theoretically you should develop the support for yourself especially with jiu-jitsu because in jiu-jitsu you know in a lot of lifts we try to be as neutral as possible neutral spine doesn't listen doesn't exist in jiu-jitsu like actually i did a post of like alexander Karelin and you see he's doing like a gut wrench and he's terrible form but it's wrestling it's not yeah. deadlifting and he takes some guy who's like 
250 <laughs> and he's throwing him overhead. You know what I mean? Like he can do that because he's, he's like, dude, he's like bent his waist exactly. over, like just yeah. totally how you would not. Yeah. But, yeah. but that's because in grappling, like you can't be like, okay, I need to have perfect neutral spine, which theoretically doesn't even exist even when you think you have neutral spine. But they've done studies. If you do like a perfect deadlift, you still probably have like 26 degrees of spinal flexion. But that's a <laughs> that's a talk. You're just nerding out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you shouldn't look to like achieve these things that aren't even possible. Well, I mean, okay. So I still think you should deadlift with good form because deadlift with good form is going to minimize any injury. But don't beat, some, don't beat yourself up. If yeah, it's, yeah. But I mean, for you, for grappling, like you need to make your whole body ready for it. Like you shoot a double leg and someone sprawls, you're not going to have good posture. Like if you've never been in that position, you've never prepared yourself for that. That's going to be a problem. So if you don't have back pain, I wouldn't give you a weight, a, a weight belt. Okay. Yeah. You know, one of the things, like I have put weight belts on. Yeah. And I'm just like, like they're like this, like on the back, they're like yeah. this thick. Yeah. It's like, dude, that's going from like my lower back up to my ribs. Like yeah. you're like putting me like in a corset. Exactly. That's the point. Yeah. But this, that's just a lot of mass on me. It's like, I, like I kind of want to like bend a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, like I feel good yeah. when I bend just a little bit. And I've seen some weight belts that are like, maybe like I'm doing like maybe five, six inches with my yeah. hands. And that seems to make a little bit yeah. more sense. I would, if anything, I would just want it around that tire, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let me talk to you about some of this other equipment. Okay. Uh, uh, super train, Mark Bell, cool. the yeah. slingshot thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it all kind of seems like uh, I'm not gonna. It seems like a, like so they have these things that they're like these like rubber loading I've, yeah, I've apparatus. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to like describe it for folks who, who will listen. That'll kind of help you, whether it be on your knees or on your elbows, or there's one that goes over your chest that helps you like get out of the. They call it, I think, the hole, like out of the bottom of the lift yeah, yeah, with some yeah. with some like uh, tension release. Yeah. And I think the the ideas I understand it, and you tell me if I'm wrong, is that hey, this will help you load up more weight on your on your body over time, even if it's kind of giving you an assist. Correct. Um, or the same thing with like the weightlifting singlet, right? It's like yeah. really stiff. Correct. Do you have any like? Does that provide meaningful strength benefits? Like, should I be like, if I really wanted to, to gain strength, is that something that I should be looking at? Is there, is it going to wear away at like all my little internal stabilizing muscles? Should I really be and, and like for grappling or like yeah. martial arts? Should I really yeah. just be doing it on my own? I mean, the way I look at it is you're doing strength training to supplement your grappling, correct? Yeah, for me, yeah. So yeah. The, whether you put up 200 pounds or 800 pounds, that's irrelevant. It's you're preparing your body to be able to survive grappling. So I wouldn't because you need to make sure your your body has all those stabilizers that can do it. Like again, like you just want to be strong for jujitsu. Like you do, who cares if you put up like 400 pounds or whatever? That's irrelevant. Yeah. So I mean for – I wouldn't necessarily recommend it unless you're like, okay, I really like powerlifting, and then you could go that route. Okay, but it's its own, it's its own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, I've always felt that way because I'm not a. Um, are you like a particularly strong weightlifter? No. Yeah, I mean, I, I like, I, I mean, like, we've grappled. I know yeah. for a fact you are fucking strong. <laughs> like you're squeeze, you're yeah. terrible. Well, <laughs> well, that's different. So there's yeah. like jujitsu specific stuff. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I did a post on like isometric squeezes, and people are like, do you train this specifically? I'm like, no, I just choke people. But you just you learn the technique and you can do it right. So there's like mat strength, which is like positioning, and you know what I mean. So like you can put yourself in the most optimal position to do what you have to do, uh-huh. and then. You know, maybe I, I I have good isometric strength, but I don't train specifically for isometrics. You know, like I remember, like a, a lot of times, like you know, I do these little contests, um, like at work or friends, and I have very good stabilizer muscles, but my prime movers, like I don't put up a ton of weight when I deadlift, but I can. 
do like a very heavy Turkish getup or something yeah. like that, like weird stuff yeah. that I'm good at. You, you can know. you could do the uh, you could do the deadlift like on a rubber or like oh. on a BOSU ball or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for that. Like one one of my better. I'm not gonna say all my students yeah. are good. Nah, I'm gonna say yeah. one of my better students, yeah. uh, Jesse. Jesse, this one's for you, man. <laughs> um, it, it, I mean, but like he he just came in with like a particular type of athletic talent that I think is okay. really useful. He's a skateboarder. He's like a high level skateboarder. Okay. And man, dude, like the, you know the, the folks that come in with these board sports, yeah. man. Like you know, you try like tilting their hips over for a yeah. sweep, and it's like, no, I'm just gonna adjust. Yeah, you yeah. try tilting them the other. You know, he's a white belt. Yeah. Um, and uh, while well, I can still. You know, white belt him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just like, wow, you really are a little like much harder to move. Yeah, yeah. Than, than I would, you know. But like, he's got a really good sense of just like, oh, I'll just shift my balance yeah. over here. I'll just shift my balance. And so yeah. I, I think there's something to be said for that. Like, you know, if I were to kind of develop some sort of like map of how to measure like not even strength, I'll just say like uh, utility, mm-hmm. uh, like like a utility for grappling is like, can you competently hop into all the board sports? Could you wakeboard? Mm-hmm. Could you surf? Could you skimboard? Could you mm-hmm. snowboard? Could you skateboard competently? Yeah. Um, I, if you can, I'm going to say that's like maybe not maybe not as good as like yeah. having a serious weightlifting background, yeah, yeah. but like maybe half as good. Like that's pretty good, man. Like that that really like you know Joel. Do you know Joel Tudor? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, you can't say that didn't help him, right? Yeah. Um, another one is like, are you like a really high level powerlifter? You know, Big Jordan. Oh, is, he big, is he big powerlifter? Oh yeah, he's strong. Oh yeah, no, but he's like in his gut strong. Like I yeah. can't, you know, um, I only survived so long with him, you know. But and then uh, Chris, blue belt Chris, little Hawaiian Chris. See, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But again, he's kind of hard. You know, you can, yeah, yeah. you can, you know, you see your black belt. You, yeah, yeah. you know, you know. But he's a little bit harder to deal with. Than he, he is should nerd. Be. He is harder. Like sometimes, like but you know, obviously there's technique. Yeah, but he, he is like I remember like sure you're a white belt. Yeah, 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 yeah. When he, I think he just recently got promoted. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like there's like you know like okay so, and then another one I'd maybe put up is like, do you have like crazy like construction hands? <laughs> yeah. Do you have like crazy Zach yeah. Falcons? Um, Zach this is your shout out. Uh, he has farm hands, but dude, his fucking hands, man, are like, like seriously, like each hand, like I want to know how many times this guy broke his hands on the farm, That's but like crazy. each one is just like like that thick. Like I, you know what I mean, and, and like, and he just has big hands, yeah, yeah. and so when he grabs a hold of the kimono, it's like really meaningful. Yeah, we're like, I really don't have big, I really don't have, yeah. you know, like huge hands. So like, I'm a lot more like like clinching based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do the same. Yeah, yeah, because I, I just don't have that like crazy, crazy yeah. grip, you know. Um, but I feel like that's like really like I don't know when I try to like map it out. Like there's yeah. like you know, and there's other things that I feel like aren't super meaningful for just Like when I see someone who can just like squat a thousand pounds. I'm like, well, great. But like, doesn't, yeah, he doesn't always doesn't do shit. Like yeah. if anything, like I'm scared of like Mike Malott and the piano wire and the piano wire legs, <laughs> you know, like the little piano wires, you know, um, you were talking earlier about running. Yeah. Um, and one way that I can run, I don't enjoy it, but one way that I can run for my patella is if I run just on my tippy toes. Or just on the ball of my feet. That's fine. That's but how I run. That fucking hurts, man. Like it doesn't like yeah. hurt my knee. It just hurts like my soul. Well, do you get like? Does that go away if you just kind of well, train think, through it? Or well, okay, so it's just like your quads. It's like a really heavy load, right? Like okay, well, we'll, we'll back up. So yeah. you're running because you want cardio. Yeah. Why run? Then why don't do something else? Like you could do something else. 
I just feel like I'm, I am most able to push myself running. Okay. I mean, so again, just think yeah. about like a lot of times like people say you have to run. Well, you would just want aerobic training, which yeah. you can do through stationary bike. You could do through running. You could do through elliptical. You go to Ultimate Fitness. They got all sorts of weird stuff that you could do. But yeah. okay, let's say you, you really want to run, which um, – yeah, I mean, what I would say is one, let's train your quad so it gets stronger so you can run normal because it sounds like that's a big deficit where if you just have a weak quad or a, you know, patella tendonitis, like let's address that. But if you need to run it, like I run on my toes just because from my knee surgery, I, I've like pre, I have pretty severe arthritis in my knee. So like I can't, well, I can't run on my heel, but. I prefer not to just because the impact, like when I run on my quad, it allows me, when, when I run on my toes, it lets me use my quad to absorb the force a little bit better. Even if I look silly, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. um, arthritis in the hands. Do you feel yourself kind of just like? Me personally? Yeah. No, because one, I'm not a big gi guy. Two, I'm not a big gripper. So even if I train gi, I don't grip a ton. So I don't yeah. really get a lot of arthritis personally like i feel like you're gonna get a lot of arthritis if you develop like one of those game like your spider guard game or lapel game so your game is so dependent on those grips like you look at you know there's like a like a lot of the new school guys right yeah 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 you look at like uh there's like a picture of like uh the meow's hands and looks like this like gnarled monkey paw you know because all they do is they get these death grips they don't let go or like keenan cornelius like he he said somewhere in an interview he can't make a fist anymore he's like 24 that's not good for you no um, so it, I would say for you, if you're not like competing in like high level black belt <coughs> gi, you know, I mean, I, I, I've rolled with you no gi. I know you do no gi, you know? Yeah. So it's like, so for me personally, like I don't really have strong hands. Like I just don't really grip that much. Like I do more clinching, more like no gi holds. Like I, I'm not saying I don't grab a gi. I just, yeah. my game's not reliant on that. Yeah. You feel like that's more sustainable? Like long yeah, term. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. I had some questions, uh, coming to me here. Um, do you have? Do you agree with the scientific findings that BJJ head injuries are on par with other combat sports? No, surely this can't be true. They said, no. "Yeah." So the, the the theory, or at least what they were saying, is like yeah. it's like all these little subconcussive little. No, there's no way, right? No, I okay. mean, because here's the thing: is like how many? Like you might get like bumped in the head, but it's like the only time like you're really gonna get like a a more serious head injury is if like you get taken down and you fall wrong and hit your head or you get swept. But like that doesn't happen that often. Yeah, you know? and getting choked is completely different mechanism than getting head injuries. Like they're not the same thing, like getting blows to the head. Like you strike, like that's a lot. If you, if you do a lot of <coughs> boxing or kickboxing, you're getting these submaximal repetitive blows to the head. That's not necessarily good for your brain, but jujitsu. No, I don't think that's an issue at all. Okay. Coming in here from Franklin Suarez question. How bad was Gordon's injury? Well, I mean, he tore his, he tore his LCL. So like, the, so the LCL, there's four ligaments in the knee. Well, Four main ligaments. So you have your ACL, the anterior uh, cruciate ligament, you have the posterior cruciate ligament, medial and lateral collateral ligament. So it's the ligament on the outside of his knee. Um, he just got greedy. So what does, is that a problem if he's like trying to cut cut from the outside in or something like that? Yeah. So um, essentially if like someone um, – I'm trying to describe it. Um, essentially if like his knee <laughs> was going to go – so if his knee was going to go out this way – that would put stress on it. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. I, I post on it. Uh, you can check it out. But anyway, um, so he completely tore the ligament, which means he had to get it reconstructed. Like that's why he had surgery. That's why he's not training right now. So, I mean, is it that serious? Well, he had surgery and he should be 
I'm suspect I'm, I'm expecting him to be able to compete in Abu Dhabi. So um, L- ACL is usually more more serious, but um, he should be even if he had an ACL injury, he'd be good for you know a year from the injury. When you come back from the reconstruction, are you like? Hundred percent to where you were before. It depends. I mean, the so if you look at the research, like the, the ACL doesn't really reach its full strength until like two years. But okay, the ACL itself, the ligament itself, it actually gets when when, it, when you get a reconstruction, it gets it's really strong initially. But what happens is your body has to like take that ligament and turn it into your ligament. So it actually gets weaker at like the three-month mark. And then around the six-month mark, it usually reaches its full tensile strength. Then rest of rehab is getting your body ready so that your quads and your glutes are strong enough and you develop the, the, the proprioception so you can keep your knee in a position where it doesn't get stretched. So even though it might be strong, we still don't want to get it stretched. You know, we don't want to put it in position where it gets any stress. So, I mean, there's people that argue like you should wait two years to come back from an ACL injury. Um, what are you going to do for two years? No, I mean, it's I, yeah. realistically, it's not going to happen. Most people are going to be back. Yeah, especially for like professional yeah. athletes, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you got such a, you know, I mean, like what, what's Gordon Ryan's earnings window? Yeah. Like in his career, right? I, yeah. I mean, that's a guy that can command like $400, $400 an hour yeah. private lessons. Yeah. But for how long, right? Like yeah, until the next wave. Like the, of course. That's the thing I always thought about competing too is like you're – that like Bettina that you have only lasts for so long yep. and then, and then it goes right. Yeah. Okay. Here I had some other questions. Actually, this is uh, dude, thanks for coming on. <laughs> um, recommendations for kettlebell exercises or let me go a little bit broader. Like okay. what is like the strength and conditioning sort of like recommendation coming from Dr. Kickass? Like, uh-huh. is it just like regular, just like, just bench, just like regular weightlifting, the kettlebell stuff, like like resistance bands, like what what do you, what do you do? Okay. What, what should people be doing? So I do all of those, but you have to understand. Like, so you have to understand what is your goal. So this happens a lot. Like Joe Rogan talk, always talks about what should you be doing for strength and conditioning. So you should determine what your deficits are. So if you want to break up the different characteristics, so you have your maximal strength, you have your muscular endurance, you have your explosive power, you have your cardiovascular endurance, um, you have like the stabilizing muscles, um, you have your general mobility. You, if you're going to be a martial artist, should figure out what your deficits are. Like, are you really strong, but you don't have good cardiovascular endurance? And again, when you can break up cardiovascular endurance, it's, you know, your aerobic capacity, your, your anaerobic anaerobic capacity and your elactic capacity which is like that explosive like just one quick double leg you know um so you figure out like where you are weak so personally for me i'm fairly mobile i have pretty good cardiovascular endurance i'm not that strong so for me i'm going through a strength cycle personally but there's this concept called periodization where you kind of like focus on different things because you know i still want my cardio to be better but i can't you can't do everything at the same time. You can't get strong, fast, good endurance, mobile. Like you just don't have the time. So you kind of have to like you go through cycles. So I just finished a strength cycle. I'm going to do another strength cycle. Then I might do like a cycle of kettlebells because you know kettlebells. The advantage of that is with that uni- unilateral um, exercise, like a, a swing or some kind of snatch or Turkish getup, it, it challenges some of the stability a little bit more, but you will never get as strong just doing kettlebells. So you have to figure out where you are. Like you're going to get fucking strong doing 
Lifting. Exactly. Lifting, like lifting, yeah. lifting, right? Yeah. yeah. But, it, you know, but if you just become a lifter, then you're going to, well, I mean, I wouldn't say you're stiff because if you go through full range of motion, you won't be stiff. But, you know, it only works, you know, if you just lift, you're just working one plane of motion, sagittal plane. But, you know, the world goes in multiple planes. Like there's the transverse plane, which is rotation. There's the front, uh, frontal plane. So theoretically, we should be exposed yeah. to those things. And grappling goes through all these different planes. Yeah. So for me personally, like I lift, I try to lift about twice a week. Um, when, when I have spare time at home, I'm doing like, I have a mobility routine that I do. And then there's like certain areas that I'm focusing on, be like, I need to work on my hip, my shoulder, my back. Like those are my mobility stuff right now that I'm focusing on. Um, there's other things I could work on. I just, you can, you can't work on everything, you know? So like I said, I'll do some stability work if let's say I feel like I need it, but it just depends on, you know? What's going on? Um, when you lift, you do full body twice a week, or what you- um, currently right now, like I just started lifting. Where um, <coughs> I deadlift, I'm trying to bench press because my bench press is really weak. Um, I don't do strict press because I don't have full overhead motion, and that's a concept. If you shouldn't, if you can't get your arm overhead without compensation, probably shouldn't be doing overhead. You have lifting. some sort of. Yeah, but shoulder. I, but I'm sure if I watch you, you might have that too. Like I would say, like ninety, <laughs> that ninety-eight, like ninety-eight percent of people don't have true uncompensated shoulder motion. Like you can get it up, but it's like maybe you're doing something like this. Yeah, you know. So, um, it, it is a goal. I want to go back to that, but I need. I'm working on my shoulder mobility to get there, and then I train it. You know, what I mean, so that's the thing that a lot of people do is they train a movement without having the necessary requirements to do that motion. And so they're, they're really just like seeping their deficiencies into amber. Yeah, they're, they're just – yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. So they're, they're doing the movement, but because they, they don't have their, their you know, the, the necessary requirements, they're just loading stress on something else, which maybe at some point that's going to be a problem. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Hey, um, let me talk to you a little bit about um, white belts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got um, 30 white belts okay. under my wing. Yeah. And they're all just like, what should I be doing? And yeah, I was yeah. like, well, come into class, of, of course, course yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I tell them, I think swimming is a really good analogy mm-hmm. for jiu because you have to, even though I hate it myself, mm-hmm. I was a pretty good surfer growing up. But when I, you know, surfing, you're not inside the water, so yeah, I don't yeah. get that claustrophobia. Yeah, yeah. Like swimming, you really, like for me, I get claustrophobic, yeah. you know. But it trains you to like do cardiovascular output along with breath control, which I yeah. think is like really useful for, yeah. for a good analogy at least. Of course, yeah. um, I tell them like some sort of weightlifting, kind of figure that out yeah. on your own. I like pull-ups, okay. you know, but uh, figure out a weightlifting for yourself. Yeah. Um, what would your advice be to like, you know, I got like just look, what's your generic, like what should white belts be doing to supplement? Um, of course, you seem big on mobility training. Yeah, Is that something they can do on their own or should they really go seek out a resource like you and kind of get like a, get like a basic roadmap for what to do? How, what I mean – Yes. I mean, I think you should have a roadmap because a lot of times people are like, I need mobility. What do people, you see them do? They start stretching their hamstrings. It's very infuriating when I see people that I like, they, they can like bring their knee all the way to their nose and like, oh, my hamstrings are tight. I'm like, they are not tight. There's other things you should be working on. Like realistically, like if you think throughout the day, how much time you're really going to work on mobility, like pick two or three things that like really need it. You know, like most people, jujitsu, probably don't have enough hip motion, probably don't have spine motion, probably don't have enough shoulder motion. Those are what I'd be focusing on. Me personally, uh, my neck got beat up for a long time until I started doing some mobility stuff. Now my neck is pretty, you know, not my, not my 
problem at the moment. So um, I think you should be doing some base mobility work, even if it's literally. Um, so so I do uh, a type of, type of mobility work called uh, functional range conditioning, and there's a, a morning routine. It takes me five minutes to do a day. You know, so I can do that, and then I can do maybe two or three other things more focused stretching. There's more scientific stuff that I do in addition to the stretching. Um, but then, you know, uh, I'd say for a white belt, they should probably be doing that mobility, coming into class, maybe one or two exercises they can do at home because those people, they're probably using jujitsu as their recreation fitness, so they don't have time for the other stuff. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Hey, so, um, what I'm hearing you say is like folks might not, they might think they have mobility issues here, but in reality, it's somewhere else in their Correct. body. So you got to go find someone who can like really take a look at you from Correct. a kind of scientific point of view and be like, yeah. wait, let me, let me diagnose this real quick. Correct. Okay. Yeah. You, you think you're stiff here, but you're actually stiff in your hips or you think yes. you're stiff in your elbow, but it's really your shoulder or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Otherwise you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're just grasping at straws. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Hey, let me ask you about core. Okay. Like you're at, like, so. I have a little bit of like the Mexican power gut going on. Like I just I can't get my abs to show, yeah, yeah. probably never. Yeah. And this is my own like kind of bro theory, but I yeah. feel like this is just a genetic thing in some strains of Mexicans. Yeah. Like Kelvin uh Kelvin Gastelum will never yeah, get yeah. his abs to show. Um <laughs> and some other Mexicans I can think of in the yeah. gym, like just aren't gonna get their abs to show either. But yeah. you know, th they say a lot of times like, oh, keep a strong core, like here and engage your core. Yeah. I can't think of one time when I've been grappling and I'm like, oh, I feel a flexion in my abs. Yeah. It's always like my hips or my arms or my legs. I've never been like, oh, I feel my abs here. Um, Does that make any sense? Or Yes. But so your issue is probably a body fat issue than like a core issue. Okay. Like most, you know, your core is, core is probably pretty strong. But what I feel like what the core um, – so – before you even do anything, like if I want to pick up this beer, technically my core is activating. I don't have to consciously do it. It really? should be activating to stabilize. Essentially, there's this concept called proximal stability for distal mobility. So if let's say my core was not strong enough, these muscles didn't do it, as I like reach here, I'm going to lose the position. So essentially, there's tightening. It's subconscious. Gotcha. Sometimes this one has back pain, Those that function's not quite working the way it's supposed to, and then... We, we, we do some core focus, but again, that depends on the type of back pain. Just because someone's back pain doesn't mean you do core. That's a, a problem that a lot of people do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the core is working more than you think, whether you have to consciously do it or not. Um, but again, again, most people, if we want to think core, this is a pet peeve where people are like, well, I don't do core, so I do my crunches or doing something. Theoretically, what the core is supposed to do is the core is supposed to resist motion so that my arms and legs can move. Like gotcha. I throw a punch, I don't really twist as much from the body. It's more of I'm transferring energy from my feet to my arm. Actually, I think you posted something, you made a comment like I was like, you know, I was doing some research on like how to use core training to like increase your power. You know, like, oh, yeah. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, I was just giving you shit. <laughs> but but, but that, that, that's what the core is supposed to do is you're supposed to take that energy and transfer it somewhere. So and on top of that, you know, some people <coughs> – they're going to have core weakness in other areas. So you could have the anterior core, so the six-pack muscles, or it could be the lateral core, so your obliques or your um, 
uh, some of your other muscles, or it could be the back, like your multifidi or your rectus spinae, like something there could be the problem that's, that needs to be addressed. But theoretically, they should all be activating appropriately to stabilize the spine so that you can move your body in your life. So the whole thing could be doing quite a bit of work and you don't, don't even know it or feel it. 100%, yeah. Huh. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, brother. Uh, we're coming up actually about on, on an hour here. Uh, that flew by. Thank you for coming <laughs> on. Um, what's next for you? What's next for me? Yeah, competitions uh, or just like opening up your own practice. Or I mean, uh, you, you kind of just got taken to Sacramento by your yeah, yeah, yeah. by other circumstances. Um, but well, I don't really have a next plan at the moment. I think I would like to compete, but I don't really want to travel. It'd be cool to do fight to win um, in town. Yeah, yeah, in Sacramento. I actually wanted to do it last time, but I had to do a, there was a, a con ed course. I wasn't able to do it. Oh, cool. um, one of the things I am starting to, to do, and I've reached out to a few schools, is uh, offering like an injury prevention workshop. So maybe like that thing that you were talking about for your white belts. Like I can come to your school and like I talk to them. Like I can show them my mobility routine. And this is something I'm not going to charge for. I just go around okay. and kind of get my. Um, like my you know my presence known in the community you know and people can ask me these questions like what do i do and i can, I can tell them you know and oh, i can anytime you want to come in anytime you want to come in seriously yeah. well we, we can like i said if you want we can try to set something up but it's like little yeah. things like how do you know if you need to go see someone like i give these little tweaks be like if you do this maybe you shouldn't see someone if you do this and it doesn't bother you maybe you can wait on it you know because that's what, what happens with so many people is they hurt their knee and like is this serious is this like a a soft tissue thing or did i tear my acl you know what i mean yeah like I, I can't necessarily answer that question even for me like there's things where i would suspect something you know but um i, I think that's what i'm going to start doing is is doing some of those workshops in the sacramento area because most gyms like this isn't like other other parts of the country like you know how jiu-jitsu places they're like usually like you can't train other places every gym that i've visited has been super cool yeah I'm like come yeah. by it's great you know so you know, if anything, we do a bad job of like charging people. <laughs> We're saying, yeah. nah, just come on in. Yeah, yeah, Forget yeah. the mat fee. Just yeah, come yeah. in. Okay, actually, here uh, I got a question here from uh, fucking Franklin, man. Always stirring shit up. SoCal versus NorCal Jiu Jitsu. Who's better? Uh, I don't know. That's hard to ask answer. <laughs> uh, only because when I was in SoCal, I only trained at one place. Um, in NorCal, I, I trained at a bunch. So yeah. Um, you know. Well, we're better at sharing the love. <laughs> <laughs> we're better. Where'd you train in SoCal? Uh, Dynamics MMA. So okay. my, my instructor was Henry Akins. He's okay. a cool. Hickson black belt. Nice. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, where can folks find you on Instagram? Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at doctor underscore kickass. I also have a Facebook group. Um, I think I also have a YouTube, but I don't really use it that much. It's something that I'll start to add on to. Okay. Instagram is probably the best way you can find me. Are you are you available for like are you available for people that do want to get a diagnosis or do need some physical therapy work? Yeah, I mean, send me a message and we'll okay. figure some out. Cool. All right, folks. Um, it's been another episode of Life in Jiu Jitsu with Doctor Kickass Mike Pikarski. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. No problem.